What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Rockcast, brought to you by Onyx Hunt Maps. Today we have Tony Treach back on. We're gonna run through your season so far. It's early, and you're you're killing it this year, as always. Yeah, I'm I'm home. Uh, this is this is not the I'm I actually I actually <laughs> spent a, the last couple of days of September at home, which is the first time that's happened in eight years. So I've I have not spent a single day of the month of September in Michigan prior to this year for eight years so it's crazy so you started mm-hmm. in august right yeah i left home i want to say uh well i picked up uh a nevada deer tag to match my nevada elk tag in the same unit uh i mean like last second on that first come first serve uh new system they have which kind of bumped up the time i was going to leave and i think i left like the eighth or ninth and i think i got yeah because I, I got down there in the night maybe i left the seventh so yeah it was early august and Jumped into deer hunting and scouting for elk, which really was just scouting for elk with the deer tag in the pocket. But hell yeah! And you found like, <clears throat> I mean, all I saw was what you had on your Instagram, but uh, you saw some bomber bulls. Oh my gosh! Yeah, it was a dream tag for sure. Like it's not. It, and it, and it, I mean, I'll tell you right now, it was the first choice on my, out of all five choices you get on a Nevada uh, application. It was. It was the one I had listed first, and to be able to pick up that tag was, I mean, a dream comes true after what I happened last year. I had the archery deer tag in here last year. I drew it with I don't know, like seven or eight points, and never found. A, well, I found a couple of good bucks, but never got it done on them. But I found a great bull that was just like lounging in the sun on the side of a mountain, and, and like day after day. And I'd go in opposite directions. I don't have a tag. I'd, you know, I'm like, just uh, going to go this way. And I'd turn him up again. And I'd turn around and I'd go the other way the next day. And I'd turn him up again. I'm like, just dude, quit doing this to me. You're killing me. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know, he's probably pushing 400 inches and I couldn't do anything about it. Well, I, I put a buddy on him that had uh, a friend with the, the late rifle and they found him last year and he had sheared off half his rack. So they let him go with only a couple of days left in the, the <clears throat> late rifle and they end up killing like a 370 bull in there and we're stoked. But that bigger bull, he, uh, he made it through, at least we thought. So when I was able to get the tag, I mean, I was all in on finding him and then where he was living was not exactly the elkiest spot in that unit. Like mm-hmm. it, it was, it's a deer spot. Like you mean, you get there and you're like, yeah, I, I don't see, I mean, I don't, I don't plan on seeing a lot of elk here, but he was there. So I spent, whew, uh, well, it was probably, uh, well, a total was 28 days. I forget how many were scouting and hunting, but except it kind of blends all together. And when you spend that long in a hundred degree heat, mm-hmm. but I, I, uh, I never turned him up. I found, I found a bull that was actually close to his quality just a few days before the season started was able to watch him every day, kind of get him patterned. Um, we, I figured he was pushing 390 and I didn't, uh, I didn't get a chance to really put a good play on him because opening morning, he was doing his thing with a bunch of other, you know, just a big bachelor herd of bulls, <clears throat> but they were low. That was the problem. And sure enough, uh, there was a road that went through one of the meadows they were feeding in and a couple, a guy and a gal drove through it opening morning, about a half hour after daylight and Every one of those bulls, except for him, came back within the next few days. I never saw that bull again, and I was never able to turn up the original bull uh, that I was looking for. So after uh, after 28 days or 29 days, whatever it was, uh, of looking for that big one, I kind of threw in the towel and 
<clears throat> went up to the area that everybody kept telling me that I should be in. Yeah, because just because it has the highest population of elk and highest population of hunters too, but with the low tag numbers that they give in there, it was it was still pretty good. Um, I did run into, I ran into more guides and outfitters than I ran into hunters, <clears throat> including a couple of guys from a, the mill. Just imagine the most well named or well known big outfitter in the country in the West. It starts <laughs> it was, with an M. I'm not going to say anything uh, because in the end they were actually really good guys. They, they weren't, you know, so instantly when I met them, so let me back up. So I get up there the very first day I make camp. Uh, I go talk to one of the ranchers. I was going to try to get permission on to, to, to access his land. And it was hard. No. Uh, but I asked him, I said, so what, uh, I mean, if you had this tag, cause he, he was a hunter. I said, where would you, where would you start? He said, well, beside my backyard. I'm like, yeah, besides your backyard. Like, like, don't tell me on your property. Like where? And he kind of gave me a couple of, like a, a couple of tips where to start from glassing from. It was pretty obvious too. I mean, there's like, like that's where you want to glass from. If you want to look at least uh, into these meadows uh, that these, these ranchers have hay fields on or whatever. And then, you know, the, the elk are going to be coming to them like a magnet. And, and sure enough, they were right. So that night I spent, glassing and covering a couple different glassing points and i found a few different groups of uh, elk one group though had i who knows how many elk were in there but there was one bull that was just he just he didn't even look it looked like a moose with rack antlers you know or a elk rack like it just didn't it didn't look right he was his body was so big when he stood alone by himself it, he wasn't even that impressive uh when he got next to other bulls that i knew were good he just looked like a freak and i uh i watched him till dark i wasn't i couldn't get real close just because of the there were the very limited in, in glassing spots but uh i just you know you know sitting there in the dark trying to figure out okay well they came in from there how am i going to get behind them uh saw a trail on onyx but it looked like it looped around behind it but half it wasn't really listed on there but if you zoomed in you could see it went back you know ways got would get you within a couple miles anyways the backside was meadows checked the wind and thought okay well that's that's probably where i'm gonna want to be in the morning uh let's go check it out in the dark drove over there and that's when i ran into the uh the scouts or, or uh, what do you call them spotter i guess they, they called themselves spotters for uh an upcoming hunt uh-huh and Bro. they had a couple yeah well they, they just, yeah they they had they were just taking a catalog of them but i mean there was they had a couple customers coming in and at first they thought i was one of their customers and they like they're like hey you're here a day early and he's like boy we got a couple of good bulls you know found for you i'm like really where (laughs) (laughs) and about that time one of them kind of looks at like wait what's your name and i said my name's tony and he's like oh we're uh so and so and you know this is my friend and we were spotters for an upcoming hunt and I'm like, well, so you don't have a hunter in here right now? And he's like, no, we won't until Saturday or whatever, what Friday, whatever day it was. I said, well, I have a tag. And right there in my mind, I'm already thinking like of all the nightmares you've heard of these bigger outfits, which true or not true, I don't know. Um, These guys end up being really good guys. Uh, But I kind of, I went into a, a little bit. I wasn't really myself. I kind of got a little aggressive and, yeah. and I told him, I saw that I was like, listen, I've got a tag. I'm going to be in here in the morning, a couple hours before daylight. I know what bull I'm going to kill tomorrow. 
or I'm going to try to kill. I probably said I'm going to kill because I was like in confidence. You know, <laughs> I was just, I was trying, I was, uh, I, I don't even know what I, I wasn't thinking. Uh, and I said, I'm going to be coming down this trail now. If this road is blocked, your vehicle is not going to look like it was when you left it. <laughs> and if you, if you mess up, if you come in and if, if you, if I think you intentionally spook these animals, you won't be dealing with the word. You'll be dealing with me. And those, those guys, I mean, they're like early twenties, their faces just turned kind of white and both of them probably could have whooped my ass. And, and I kind of, and, and I, and I was like, you know, and they were like instantly like, no, 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 you're good, man. Well, I mean, hell, we'll help you. And they were so kind. And I'm instantly like, oh God, what? A, I'm such a jackass. Like, why am I, <laughs> I'm being a jerk. Like, um, and so I kind of like backed up a little bit and I, I apologize if I was a little, you know, rough and like, no, dude, we get it. And it's, you know, these, these tags are hard to come by. And so the next morning, anyways, they go their own way. And, and you know, we, we would later exchange names and stuff. And I, and I've been kind of, you know, I've been chatting with the one guy. He's really super cool. And I, I feel like a, a total ass for doing that. But, but in the back of my mind, I'm thinking of all those horror stories about, you know, people who always said, you know, they run into an outfitter and they got a team of guys working a certain area. And it's like, Oh, I do not want to deal with this, but, but yeah, I've been a part of one. But, it wasn't with those yeah. guys. It wasn't with those yeah. guys, but I, I was a part of one. So I can relate to yeah. a horror story. Yeah. But this didn't, and this ended up being good. So I get, so maybe it was because they didn't have a customer, but whatever they, they were, they were gentlemen about it. So the next morning I got in there um, and I'm, and before they, after they left, I kind of marked the trail at, at the, you know, where it went off the road to see if I'd be following anybody in there the next morning. And when I got there the next morning, no one had went in there. So I'm like, all right, now I'm, at least I'm going to get in here first and then I'll be able to see, you know, headlights or headlamps or whatever. So I got in there a couple miles. I figured I was about two miles, maybe a mile and a half from where that meadow was, but I couldn't just charge right in there where they were at just because the wind it was quartering hard. And I didn't know if they're going to be at the north end or the south end. So I, I stayed at the north end just because of the, the southwest wind and waited for daylight. And at daylight, just, I mean, just at breaking, just as I could tell there was animals out there, they, you know, I'm like, they're at the south end. Shit, I got two miles, you know, a mile and a half to make up here. So I'm going up and down these coolies and it's not big mountainous right there. It's more like just uh, uh, like breaky coolies, uh, sandy washes, uh, PJs, and I'm just covering ground to get down there. And I actually kind of missed the, the majority of the, the larger part, portion of the herd. They, uh, I mean, they were still in the PJs right in front of me, but I, my opportunity to kind of get in, in their way and to be able to pick out like who's who was, was passed. And I mean, I mean, they were in there way before the sun coming over the over the mountain they were they were going to bed early um but they did bugle all day they were going nuts but it was about that time i saw a vehicle well i don't know two or three miles away maybe, maybe a little less on the other side of these metals that these elk were feeding and just, just a hunter cruising along real slow just probably hoping to glass something up i don't know I, I, maybe they're gonna it's archery season i don't know what they think they're doing you know driving at prime time right next to the elk field but mm -hmm. um they're the bull that I wanted, the bull I'd seen the night before. All of a sudden, I realized he's still on the on the opposite side of the field, right in front of that truck. Like, like he was going the other way. Like I got lucky that this truck actually pushed him back into the field, and then him and his like four, five, six cows, whatever, just come running across this field. And I mean, it was very easy to tell just because of the mass of his, you know his beams. And the white antlers, you know, like all the other bulls in there didn't have white antlers. He was the only one. 
and he stuck out like a sore thumb. So, I mean, he's running across his field and I'm like, holy shit, I still got a chance. And uh, I had to make up maybe, I don't know, half, I'd, maybe close to a mile. Cause I was, yeah, I, cause I was most of the way down to the South uh, when they, when they got it, left the field and we're into the, the drainages and I'm trying to pick the right one that she's going to come up. And she's of course not just running or walking up one. She like comes up one, then she goes over a little rise and drops in the next one. So I try to do the same. Then it goes back and forth. And then I'm, meanwhile, trying to keep them south of me uh, so that I can stay on a, a ridge just to the north of them with that southwest wind and all these fingers that run off to the, uh, to the east. And uh, it got to the point where like, I, I had to commit to this ridge. Like I, there's, there's no leaving. She's only 250 yards away. She's walking right up. If she changes now, I'm screwed, but I, I think I'm pretty good. And as it was, she, 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 she walked straight up through and I ranged her. And I think she was 55. So I dialed my pin in, I already had an arrow knocked and I'm just kind of like getting my feet set and, you know, two or three of the cows are through. He's maybe, a, last I looked, he was a couple hundred yards behind him, just kind of lollygagging behind, grabbing a bite to eat. And all of a sudden now he's like bugling and running up, screaming at him. And I went from like 28 or 29, I guess 29 days at this point of, or 30 days of, of scrutinizing every single bull I looked at and like passing up, incredible opportunities on bulls i've never passed up before i've passed up opportunities to stock bulls bigger than my biggest bulls i've ever shot just because i knew it was in this unit and i went from that and that level of like uh pickiness to i'm killing this bull no matter what like mm -hmm. I, I mean, it wasn't a choice it was just my brain went into kill mode and so he runs up he kind of bumps her he spooks her she runs off five yards he follows her and and in my head i should have thought aim just a little high he's five yards further but i didn't I stopped him with my mouth shot. The shot looked perfect. I mean, it was like low heart tucked right behind his leg, maybe seven, eight inches up from the, from the brisket. That's what it looked like. But I was above him too. Um, he runs like 10, 15 yards out there and stops and looks over his, over his, you know, his hindquarters, like what the heck was that? And I'm, I'm glassing him and I'm ranging him uh, with my geovids. And I'm like, okay, I can see a basketball sized pile of blood underneath him. He's dripping hard ready. I got his heart, but if he's going to stand there, I'm going to send it shoot again. Yeah. Yeah. He was 75. I dialed it in. I drew real slow. So you know, not to spook him and Texas heart shot him and it just the arrow disappeared. And I'm like, okay, he's not going to live. Um, there's no, nothing lives from that. And see, so he, he runs out about 60, 80 yards, you know, and you could tell that that second shot, he's like, uh, uh, I'm not running lays down. And at that point, I'm like, okay, that heart shot. Now he's he's not gonna make it. Five minutes, he's done. And five minutes go by, and then ten minutes, and then fifteen, and then an hour. And I'm like, oh my god, that first shot was totally below his heart. And if I could, I I'll share pictures of it. It's I I, I would never in a million years guess that this would not be absolutely a heart shot, but. Too many years hunting deer, I guess. They're, you know, their sternum, the bottom of their chest is built different than a deer. And there's, there's, a, there's just enough bony structure of that sternum down there that there's six, seven, eight inches of nothing. I mean, if I hadn't made that second shot, I think he would have been chasing cows that night. Like there was yeah. literally, uh, it, the, like when he opened him up, it's like, huh, I didn't hit a damn thing. And I, and I took pictures of him laying on the ground when I finally did kill him. And it looks like, I mean, you would never guess that uh, that would, wouldn't be fatal, but 
once I realized he's not going to, you know, I, I didn't want him to suffer anymore. So I, I got the wind and I snuck around and, and put another ear on him and, and finished him off. But it was, uh, it was, it was a roller coaster because, you know, it, it, you know, I, I saw him coming and I'm like, this is the bull that I wanted. This is the bull I saw last night. And, uh, it was like, it just worked out. Everything worked out. But then in the heat of the moment, you know, he, he's running up there and I didn't, take a second to you know is he broken is it the same bull just confirm you know is it <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. uh and i and i just went into kill mode and killed him well then as i'm walking up to him and his main beam sticking up in the air and it's a little bit of it's his weaker side a little bit as far as his g4 and 5 go and i'm looking at look at what i can see and it's like i mean if, if his main beams the normal like diameter girth of a of a, of a typical mature elk like I, I thought I shot a 335 bull. I'm like, I'm walking up I'm like, oh man, I passed up all those better bulls. Yeah. And I just, I just shot a 330 bull. And it wasn't until I was about 10 feet away. And I realized that main beam that was sticking up in the air, like at the base of his G4, not where you measure it in the middle, but at the base of the G4, I couldn't wrap my hands around. Like it was, it ended up being like 15 inches around at, at the base of his G4. Oh yeah. The, the rack weighs like 80 pounds. It's, it, I mean, I broke a skull hurter the other day. I hooked it up on a wall and put I it up there. I saw that. As soon as I put my, put my I, I hooked it on there and I took, started to take my hands, like my hands were an inch away and all of a sudden that thing just came crashing down into me and I'm 10 feet up near on a 12 foot step ladder. And yeah, I had to have a, a custom welded thing. I mean, he's just, he's just a beast. Like he's so heavy. Uh, and that's when I realized, you know, he's got, you know, 20 plus inch fronts and 18 inch thirds and his beams are almost 60. It's like, holy, sh-, you know, and the mass is just through the roof. Um, he's, he's a bull of a lifetime. And I, but yeah, alone, when he, he stands alone, where did he end up going? He's uh, like just shy of 3D5. Holy hell. Yeah. But yeah. He really doesn't have a good top end. If he did, I mean, you know, he could have obviously. 400. That magic number. Yeah. But. He's still like I uh, I I wouldn't trade him. You know, looking back, I'm I'm glad I didn't find that bull that I went there to kill that I'd found during the deer hunt the year previous. I'm glad that it worked out the way it did. But just because he's he's got so much character, he's so cool. He's got dried velvet. He never rubbed off all over. And he's you know, I, I've always been a sucker for mass with deer, and so to get a bull this this thick is pretty uh, awesome. pretty cool. All right, everybody, just want to jump in here real quick and thank our sponsor, Onyx Hunt Maps, for bringing this podcast to your speakers. And, you know, uh, as Tony goes through this hunt, you'll notice that mapping was really instrumental for pretty much through both these hunts that he's talking about from, you know, being able to find a bull, consult your maps, figure out how you're going to get in there and get closer um, with how wind is and whatnot. So, yeah, it's just it's a great great platform to use and uh yeah we we love onyx hunt maps so if you want 20 percent off go check out onyxmaps.com forward slash hunt enter code rockcast to check out for 20 percent off if you're hunting multiple states you'll want to get that elite and that elite membership will get you into other things such as uh top rut hunt and fool um you get some extra perks that way and that's going to end up being 80 bucks for all 50 states, you get land ownership information and all the, all the goods for uh, for all 50 states. So go check that out. Enter code Rockcast, and we'll get back to the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's so awesome. And like being on them for that long, and then I think something to note too is like, even though they were screaming their heads off and he was with cows and you know whatever, 
the whole elk rut thing like you didn't make mm-hmm. a sound no 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 i, I think that's important <laughs> to know well in hindsight everybody i talked to in this unit was like you know when i would tell them what i'm doing they're like so you just glass and i'm like deer like this is like the one you know, this is one of those units you actually can call like this and there's so few tags and it's it, you know it's a, it's a glory tag um i'm not gonna lie and I, I probably could have been calling and having a lot of fun, but, but I was, but I'm not that guy. I'm not a caller. I don't practice enough at that. It's never been my game. And I, I just, yeah. So I just, I just didn't do it, but. Uh, yeah. I'm but, the exact yeah. same way on that. Like I just like to hunt them like deer, like the two bulls that I've shot, I was literally hunting them like deer. Mm-hmm. Like really yep. wasn't saying a word, just trying to like, even, um, you know, like ambushing, whitetails in nebraska like i was using those same tactics after i'd find elk just to like get in front of them and try to try to shoot them like that and yeah we like we tried to call bulls a little bit and i'm just not i just don't know their language enough but like i'm definitely comfortable just using tactics i guess just like you'd hunt a deer Mm-hmm. I think for me, I, I don't have the confidence in it, so I, I don't trust it. I think I need to hunt with someone who really knows how to call in a unit where you can call successfully uh, to really learn how to do it. And as it's been, I'm like, you know, this is by far the best elk tag I've ever hunted and or been a part of. And so I, most of my hunts are in OTC or general or one or two point units. So I don't get a chance to to be in those units where you can really see it work work to effect effectively so mm-hmm. but someday but his his body was uh like like i mean then with that second shot there was a little bit of meat loss um and i still got I, well the new kafaro game bags yep. i had the boned out set completely filled them full and even the little bag that it comes in and i mean the meat was poking out the top and i i, I mean it wasn't a pound under 300 pounds worth of meat. And when, after I got one side of him deboned, had the tenderloins out, the, the, or the one side, the back strap up, the quarters, all the neck meat, I couldn't flip them over. I've never not been able, I flipped over my moose in 2017 after I had him cleaned off on one side on, on similar ground, similar, you know, similar flat ground. Uh-huh. I could not flip this thing over. I had to pop the head and take basically the whole neck off to to flip them i've never had an elk or moose that i couldn't flip over by myself and i'm I'm not i'm not any weaker than i was four years ago i'm probably in better shape so i don't know <laughs> i don't know how big he was but it was it was substantially bigger than any any you know body animal i've ever killed for that point Man. yeah well the, the bull ended up shooting in colorado his skull was two and a half inches longer than his after uh yeah i got him both euroed Mm-hmm. cleaned up so yeah. your that bull that you just told the story on was two inches bigger than your uh, two and a half inches bull? longer two longer. His skull yep two and a half inches longer than my colorado bull and i know that was a mature bull because I, I hunted him last year and he looked almost the same so he's at least five six years old last year uh the colorado bull i mean yeah so yeah exactly like this bull you just talked about doesn't stop there you went to colorado and killed a smoker yep I left there. I went from the best tag I'll probably ever have to my old faithful, uh, just uh, one of those units I started mm-hmm. hunting over the counter. You know, when I, when I very, you know, I killed my first elk in there, uh, 2000, 
12 or 13, whatever it was, uh, or 14, I can't remember now. Um, and I've killed a bunch of bulls in there and it's, it's a ass kicker of a unit. It's, it can be really hard. It's definitely not a unit you want to want to call in. And uh, the very first night I got in there, or, well, the very first night I went elk glassing after I got in there that day, uh, I turned him up and it was no, no doubt that it was him. I mean, his main beams didn't change a bit, maybe a little bit longer, but uh, you know, they have a real arcing sweep, sweeping down, sweeping like uh, arch to him and uh, same basic shape, same exact spot. Uh, this time he had a lot more cows. He, uh, last year there was a bull in there. It was just a little bit bigger than him. I figured that other bull was probably 340. I felt he figured this guy was probably 330. Um, the other bull was gone, but he was in there. There was a big five by five that was in there. Saint, he was in there last year too. Uh, I watched him get bumped by some guys the very first night I found him. And he, I mean, he, the, the elk knew he, those hunters were there. Um, I didn't see the hunters, but you could just tell the way they were working. And once they got above Timberline, they were looking back at, at Timber, like, and they grouped right up, huddled up like a, like a group of muskox, you know, like, like rally the troops. And, mm-hmm. um, and they were just staring back at the timber. I'm like, ah, crap, somebody's there right now trying to sneak up on them. So the next morning I was up super early to get, get on that side of the mountain. Uh, I mean, I, I think I hit the trailhead at three o'clock uh, and there was sure enough, there was a truck in front of me, like, like at the trailhead, we parked. And I asked them where they're going, and and I was like, "Yeah, that's, that's I'm planning to go too." Uh, he's like, "Yeah, we've been hunting it for a week. Um, we were on our bull we were after last night, and I'm like, the big one that came out at timber, <laughs> the timber line, right at you know, ten minutes before dark." And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, we were right, we were right there. He just oh, came over man. too, came out too far." I'm like, "Well, you guys just tell me where you're going to be at, and I'll be, you know, a half mile downhill, whatever from you, and I'm I won't be anywhere near you. I'm just gonna." I'm going to be on this mountain. I'm, I'm already committed up here, but I'm not going to, you know, you just tell me where that was. So they, so they told me they were going to go above Timberline to a little rocky point overlooking that. And I just kind of scratched my head like, you're going to, in the dark, sneak up above Timberline and hopefully get in front of these elk that are already out there and they can see you. <laughs> I'm just thinking you guys haven't really thought this out. Yeah. But whatever. I'm thinking I'm gonna I'm gonna see out is what I'm gonna see. They're 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 not gonna be hanging out up top. They're gonna be coming out to the timber. And um, you know, so we had like a three hour or yeah, two and a half hour hike up there. And uh I mean they were way behind me. They they were not in the greatest shape. They even said they were pretty worn out from hunting it all week, but um nice enough guys, but um I, I expected elk to be spooked and running downhill at high rate of speed. And that's exactly what I got um, <laughs> at daylight. It was, they were flying by me left and right. And I, I never saw any bulls. I, I, I don't even, I don't even know if I could, I mean, it was just noise. It was just crashing coming down. And it also happened to be opening day of muzzleloader season. And a lot of the muzzleloader guys were down low in the, in the quakies and the, in the pines. And sure enough, like, you know, they basically ran right to them. So I'm in the middle. I watch these elk all just, you know, run by me. I don't know how many of them are stayed up top or above me. Like, I don't even, I don't know what's what. I get to a spot where I can see, it's pretty thick in there. And I see orange down below me. And I mean, I, what, I, I didn't see the orange for 10 seconds. And I look over to the left 200 yards from them. And there's a, there's a cow and, a, and, a, and that five by five that I, you know, seen the year before. And about that time I hear a shot and it's like, you could tell that muzzleloader was pointing uphill. I mean, because it oh. was it it was sharp and loud, and I was like, "Whoa, got to back up here a little bit, stay away from that edge." <laughs> and 
So I glassed the the five by five, and sure enough, he he's rounding up those cows, and they're going up. And in my mind, I'm thinking, son of a bitch, he just shot the big one, and that five by five is stealing his cows and coming up. So I'm like, well, I'm gonna get in his way, because last year that five by five actually shrunk, and I I posted a video of him the first day I was there, and you know, I, I end up. Mm-hmm. So that morning, I saw him coming up, and I was able to traverse across and get in their way. And I, I kind of, I know that area good enough. I kind of had a good idea where they were going to try to escape to. And they walked 35 yards from me. And once they got in front of me, they just started, went to feed. And he tried to mount one of the cows and he kept, he'd walk around and leave around this little point. And then he'd come back and he'd walk right back and leave. And I'm like, dude, don't keep doing this to me. I, you know, I'm gonna, Cause the year before I would have killed him. Uh, he, I mean, he probably lost 20 inches. He was a 300 inch type five by five last year. And I wouldn't put him up inch over 270 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but after what I'd seen, uh, I, I end up, I end up not, not, not killing him. And, um, actually got a, a buddy that's hunting the rifle, the first rifle. I think he's on him and a couple of our bulls up in that area right now. But, um, so anyways, uh, after that, I, that was the last morning that I committed to that side of the mountain where I knew they lived in the dark, you know, before, or, you know, I didn't, I didn't go backpacking after him. I didn't, I didn't go in there again in the dark. My and I, because I, I, I messed it up last year so many times. I'm like, I'm going to do it different and I'm going to hunt them like deer. I'm going to, I'm going to know exactly where they're going to be at before I go in there. And if I can't find them, well, then I'll just keep moving until I find them. Um, so the next morning I was on a glassing knob uh, across from them on a totally separate mountain, probably two miles away, glassing into the, to the area. And I could see probably a mile and a half to one side of where they were at and probably four miles to the other side. I mean, just this giant wide face and there's lots of little nooks and crannies that I, there I can't see, but if they're moving at all, I'm going to, I'm going to pick them up. And I turned them up and they had moved several miles um, to a spot that nobody looks. And if you don't do exactly what I did by going up the opposite side, you can't, you can't see them. You're not going to see them from any roads. You're not going to see them from any trails. There are no trails in that area. Uh, it's, it's, steep and nasty and shaly and uh so basically over the next six seven eight days whatever it was before i finally killed them i would find that you know a glassy knob on the other side turn them up go down go back down go back up the other side and 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 get close to them close enough that you know, I, I thought I had a chance that, you know, if he went to check his cows, I'm, you know, cause I couldn't, I couldn't get, I mean, I was just taking random luck to, to sneak up on the herd and get right on him without, without bumping some of his cows because he had so many and he was collecting them as they went. I mean, by the time I killed him, I think he had 65, 70. I, I don't know exactly, but I mean, it was like every day a new, you know, like satellite would come in with a couple cows and he'd steal them away and chase the satellite off. Um, and that aggressiveness towards other bulls, I really thought that I might be able to break this guy in. So that first day that I that I had him kind of sort of bedded, you know, like I knew what general area they they bedded in. Uh, got in tight, started seeing cows. You know, got got to like 60, 70 of a couple cows, and even tighter than a couple. I, I walked right past. I don't know how they didn't see me. But once I started raking, they all kind of stood up, and he made a little roundup bugle, and they took off. <laughs> And that was that. Like, all right, well, let's scratch that off the list. We won't be doing that again. Um, and that burnt the whole day up to, to get it, you know, to, to climb the other side and then go down and go back up the other side and then go back down. And I mean, I'm just, I'm just a, is a, exhausted. So next morning, nothing until next morning, recovered that night. 
Um, did same thing, climbed up the other side, found them. They hadn't moved as far as I thought, but I mean, this time I'm like, all right, I'm gonna get close again and I'm gonna, I'm gonna challenge people. Did that, he did the same exact thing. Rounded up everybody, got it and just took off. And I was like, okay, just leave the calls at home. <laughs> I'm not doing, or not home, but the truck, whatever. I'm not, uh, this, this isn't working. Um, there's no more, yeah, I'm not gonna make another sound. And for the next few days, you know, I think I got within a hundred yards of him every day, but one. And, and that day I was close. Cause I could tell his bugle. He had a really unique wimpy bugle sounded like a spike. Um, and, uh, I was able to get close, but I always get picked off by a spike or, a you know, one of the, one of his satellites or, or one of the cows and it just never worked off, but they never, they never spooked hard enough to leave the whole area, but they would definitely relocate in that treating them like deer and giving up my morning hunts by climbing that opposite side and glassing across was the only way I was able to stay on them. And I was watching the entire time. This is all happening during the muzzleloader hunt. And there's archery hunters and muzzleloader hunters hunting him on that side, but they're just going in in the dark blind, hoping and guessing that they're mm-hmm. going to run into him or they're going to hear him. And if those folks didn't actually physically with their eyes, see him bugle, they would have never believed if they heard him. So there's, there's probably guys that were hunting him that heard him and like, no, nah, that's not him. That, oh, there's no way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, he's the 350 bull that sounded like he was, you know, eight months old. I mean, just super whiny, no finish. Just, I mean, the wimpiest bugle I've ever heard. And that's all he is. He never made a different sound. Um, the day I killed him, I actually, uh, I, I had bumped him myself uh, the day before a little bit close enough to leaving that mountain that I had backed off. Like, I'm just like, I, I mean, they wouldn't move far. They just, they'd move to, there was so many elk I, with that many, you know, 75 elk. I, I think they kind of felt safe. Like one or two would see me and they'd move two or 300 yards through the timber, but then they would just, they'd all settle down because it's like, yeah, I don't know what they saw, but I'm, I didn't see anything. And I did that like two or three times. I'm like, you know, in that day, the wind, the thermals kept screwing me. That's what was happening. And I was, you know, I was above them. It was like 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock in the you know midday. And we get these giant clouds that come through with a little bit, just a little bit of rain. And sure enough, the wind would just, as soon as the clouds would hit the side of that hill, the, the thermals would switch. And I'd be like, I couldn't get out of the way fast enough. And the wind would swirl down and say, damn it. And I pushed them so far that I was like, I got to get out of here. Because if I push them anymore, they're literally going to cross the highway and they're going to be on the other side. And I don't know that area very well. And it's straight timber, just pines, thicker than snot. And there's not a whole lot of glassy knobs. And I don't want to lose. I want them to stay here. Mm-hmm. I backed out, um, ran into a couple of muzzleloader guys that had heard all the commotion and then like, oh, great. These guys are going to push them right across. And, but whatever they, I took off next morning back about my glassy knob and like the far, far edge of what I can see on one side in that direction that I pushed him, there he is. And I, and I don't see the whole herd. I just see him and like one satellite trying to sneak in and he runs them off. And there's a couple of cows. It's just tiny little metal, like the size of a baseball diamond. And that's it. And I just got, I just got lucky um, that I picked him up that day. Otherwise that, that would have been a day that I probably would have had to just get in there and listen for bugles. But so knowing how, where he was at and how low he was in the mountain at that day, I raced over there as fast as I could made it maybe, you know, a quarter mile up uh, about equal to him. Uh, I wanted to get above him because by the time I was getting over there it was, you know, late morning. And I heard him bugling with an, at another bull. And they went back and forth a little bit and ended up being one of those satellites. And I never saw him, but I could hear him. And he, I, he was easily within a hundred yards, but 
the satellite was right in between us and you know he was 30 yards in front of me and finally he just kind of gave up and walked away and then the big one just kind of he never made another sound and I, I didn't know if they went up down or around so I, I just went up because at that time the, the thermals were really switching hard and I'm like I'm just gonna get above and listen and I went up you know probably a quarter mile above them maybe more and just listened and listened and listened and out you know several hours went by and I didn't hear a damn thing and then that just wasn't the way it had been going all week long. Like there was mm-hmm. so many cows and there was so many other bulls coming in and he was so persistent on chasing them away that I'd like, I know he's out there bugling somewhere, like somewhere right now, he's got that wimpy little ass bugle and there's a little satellite coming in, driving him nuts and he's screaming at him. And I just, I need to find, I need to get, I need to move. This isn't, you know, I, I, I it's not that he's not bugling. I just don't think I can hear him here basically. So I, I, I started working my way down down the mountain, down this ridge, thinking, all right, I got, I got left and right. You know, either he went around this way or he's going to, I'm eventually going to run. And I probably didn't go up half mile and, you know, all of a sudden there's a cow and there's two more cows. And then there's eight cows. I'm like, all right. And there's, there are 70 yards to my right, there's 60 yards to my right. And there's a whole bunch of them right in front of me. And I went as far as I dared. And one of them actually caught me for a second, but I just held still and she kind of forgot about me. And I dropped the pack and I'm just sat down. I'm like, well, I can't go any further and I, I can't think of a better place to be. The thermal's going to be great for three hours more and at least, and maybe a half hour later, one of those satellite bowls came up behind me and I don't know how he didn't smell me because he came from above and behind me, walked right by me and then basically laid down in front of me doing the exact same thing I was doing, just watching the herd, not wanting to get any closer because well, for him, he just wanted to get his ass kicked and he just sat down and I'm like, this could be really good. If he makes any noise, bull type noise at all, that that I've been watching that bull all week run and run these guys off, which is why I thought I could call a rake to him and 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 bring him in. But apparently, I need to practice more. But <laughs> so yeah, it started getting probably three thirty, four o'clock, and those cows started getting up, and and also my you know clock's ticking with my thermals too because I don't have. A whole lot longer before it starts getting a little swirly and it's going to start going down with with any given cloud that comes over and but as those cows started peeling off and headed towards feed um and they were working their way around to the left of the mountain that satellite bull got up and he got a little excited you could tell and he just trotted, trotted right down there and screamed at him and that was when i heard the big guy and he was he was probably at least 200 yards from me but he did not like the sound of that guy he came up to the top end of his cows and start rounding them up. So now he's speeding them up. They're, they're all standing down and they're moving there and they're going around and they're following that lead cow around to the left, which is great. Cause as they were, they had been leaving, I'd been moving forward, moving forward, moving forward. Whenever I didn't have eyes on me, I was sliding down the hill. And eventually that, that satellite bull had enough of him. And I think he also saw me and he bugged out, uh, which was perfect. He was right in the way. And it was just a matter of waiting for the last few cows to go around that, you know, out of sight around the corner. And that big bull had been raking from the time he basically screamed at that, that little bull, he just started raking a tree and he was probably a hundred yards from me when it started. And I crept probably 25 yards down further as the cows were leaving. And, but as soon as the last one was out of sight, I just ran and it's a steep hill and I'm lucky I didn't fall on my face, but, um, got uh got to a point where I, I could at least see like okay i can see the side of his body there's some brush it's, this is not perfect this is not ideal just looking for a hole and look and i ranged when he was 50 uh the, the, the like told me shoot for 42 um i think i dialed the 41 
and I'm looking at it, looking at it, and I'm just kind of sliding to my right a little bit. I'm like, I think I can slide that arrow through there. And about that, you know, the arrow, all of a sudden the boat just went off and it just went through perfect. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I watched it hit right where my eyes were looking and I thought that's a dead bull. And he just, but he just kind of hunched up and stood there. And I'm like, oh shit, get an arrow. And just about time knocking our arrow, he takes off full steam. I mean, as fast as an elk can run straight downhill. Well, when he did that, all hell broke loose. And every every cow on the side of the mountain just starts running in every direction. And, and they're all, they all start cow calling because they don't know what's going on. And I never, so so basically I got to hear him for like 10 yards before, like I couldn't hear a damn thing. It was just, just total chaos. It sounded like a, a herd of a thousand, you know, moo cows running through the area. And, uh, and then it was just silence. And all you could hear was, was cows mewing. And I'm like, well, I don't know if he crashed or not because there's so much damn noise, but I gave him a half hour and I, I worked my way down there and found the arrow. And, uh, there was, you know, it was obviously a full pass through buried in a log past him 10 yards. Um, Iron Will did his job and the, uh, but I didn't find any blood for like the first probably 30 or 40 yards. I mean, I found blood, but it was very, it's bad blood, like just speck here, speck there. I'm like, this is not good. And I think it was just because he ran so damn fast for that first, you know, he kind of hunched up and it was, it was a high long exited mid lung on the other side, um, you know, six, eight inches behind the shoulder. It was, it was, it was perfect. It was great range. But once I got past about that 40 yard, then all of a sudden you could tell as long as it filled up and it was just blood everywhere. And you know, the, the relief kind of went off and I'm like, this bull's dead. And, uh, and it's one of those times where you're like, you're tracking, you're tracking. I'm too busy looking on the ground and I almost like stumbled right into him. And there was, there was easily as much joy for that bull, if not more than there was for the big bull from Nevada. But just because I chased him for two years and I mean, it was probably three weeks last year and 10 days this year that I chased, you know, chased him on the side of that mountain and it, to have it all work. And then, uh, yeah. I mean, he grew a little bit from last year. He was a great bull. And I mean, probably one of the top five bulls I've ever even seen in that unit. So dude, that's was, awesome. Yeah. And the, the best part was Blake Hunter was uh, a couple hours south of me uh, in, a, in a different unit, but hiking in for a Hez elk hunt. And I texted him. I said, I, I, I got that bull. Yeah, you know, he, but we've been chatting about, you know, I tell him keeping him up to date on it. And he's like, it's like, no shit. Are you, are you pulling my leg? I'm like, no, he's fucking dead right in front of me right now. <laughs> He's like, I'm turning around. I'm like, no, dude, it's all downhill. I got this. He's like, he's like, screw that. This is what I live for. It's like, I'm not, I'm probably not gonna shoot anything. I want to pack out a bull. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I'm like, like, I, I got this. You don't have to. He's like, I'm coming. And I don't know. I don't know how fast he drove or how fast he hiked up that hill. But by the time I got done deboning it, taking pictures, getting, getting all the meat hung up, he was there in the dark. Like and, and the rain That's had started awesome. by that point. Yeah. Yep. And, uh, yeah, then the rain started and I had, uh, I had one meat bag in my bag and the skull and all my gear. So I figured I was pushing just a little over a hundred. Blake had his empty, uh, strikers, Kafaro striker, just with water and some couple snacks. And he was kind of prepared. Well, at least that's what I thought. We ended up getting down to the trucks and he had a bunch of gear that he forgot to take out of it too, uh, uh from his hunt. So he could have saved himself some pounds, but we, uh, we literally put one bag on him. We figured it was like 80, and he's like, I could take two. I'm like, you don't have to. I got this is steep and it's gonna get slippery. And you know, it's it's not that far. We only had to go like a mile and a half, but like it's really, really steep. And it's gonna be full of deadfalls and it's gonna be really nasty. 
And he's like, all right. We made it about 40 yards, and he had to stop to readjust his pack. He's like, I'm going back for another bag. (laughs) I'm like, all right. He runs up, grabs another bag off the tree, comes back. Now he's got like 160 pounds of meat in his bag, plus whatever he had in his bag. And I'm like, dude, you don't have to try to impress me. He's like, I got this. I'm not pussy. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. well, I don't think you are. No, like, like I, I'm, a, you know, I value my knees, but he's also, I think he turned 30 that week. So I, he's, uh, has, he's got fresh young legs. He's, he's just fine. He was hurting a little bit that next morning. I think he was popping some ibuprofen, but we made it down and it was, a, it was a wet, soggy night, but uh, I was thankful to have his help there. That's, that's awesome. Good friends are, uh, good friends to help packer definitely nice to yeah. have yeah i did that uh i did that deer in one trip the other day and that was very stupid painful especially in the snow you had to deal with yeah, yeah. and it was just super slick and like i kept falling i was and it was dark i was like trying to navigate the best way down and uh i got to like this little meadow it ended up being a spring well then it's like uh the grass is all wet underneath the snow so it was super slippery mm. and it was like an ice skating rink well, i just i fell a couple of times and one of the times i like rolled up on my knees with my trekking poles and one trekking pole like buried in the ground a little ways i'm like come on man and so i was like trying to pull it out when it pulled out it came all at <clears> once and then it i just had so much weight it just plopped me over backwards like a turtle <laughs> so i'm trying to like waller around trying to get back up on my knees i don't know there's at one point i was like all right i'm like fairly close to the bottom and uh if i fall one more time i'm ditching half this stuff and then i'll mm-hmm. i'll come back and get it but i made it so i know exactly what you mean about that <laughs> spring at that spring action because yeah. I was, we were going through a bunch of uh, aspens, and the the rack on my bowl it was just pretty wide, and I was kept in those long bean, long main beans, were catching on every single little aspen, like the, the, the big trees it was no big deal because it'd just be like a hard stop, and I'd be like, oh crap, I'm hooked tonight, not done, hook it, whatever, and I keep going, and it was too thick to avoid it, but those little ones, like the thumb size ones, they let you get like a foot and a half it's like oh oh stop it and then just it shoot you backwards and if you weren't ready <laughs> if you were like leaning you know the wrong way it, i there was several times when i just got slung back into a another tree but knocked the wind out of you and <laughs> between yeah between that and then i think with all the weight that blake had i think those confort bags are tough i can tell you that because when he we took them out of his backpack and, and you know the strikers open on the side they were just covered in mud i'm like dude what, how'd they get so muddy? And he just looked at me like, I fucking spent a lot of time on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> it was so slippery. I like the steep parts. I think he was sliding down a little bit, but yeah, they, uh, they were covered in, in mud, but they didn't rip. So, Dude. Yeah, they're good. We, uh, we ended up, we went bowling last night and I was like, you know what you shouldn't do? Like 24 hours after a pack out is go bowling anywhere. <laughs> Freaking slinging, twisting your body, slinging like a 20 pound ball around. Yeah, no. That was funny. But dude, yeah. crazy. What do you what do you have coming up? So I've got uh, a, a deer hunt with my art. Well, our mutual friend, Derek Henderson. I'm going to go up. I got a just a general deer tag for a not so sought after unit, uh, second choice unit in Wyoming. And then uh, the best part about that is going to be he's got a bison tag and his mother's got a fantastic moose tag. So basically we're going to concentrate on those. And then if I find a buck to feel great, if not, no big deal. 
Um, I just want to be part of that hunt uh, with, with, you know, his bison and his mom's moose. And then from there, I'm actually, I got invited to do a, uh, a hunt in Nebraska, an archery deer hunt with uh, the mediator group. Mark Kenyon's filming a TV yeah. show this year and I'm going to go uh, be part of that. Uh, I guess, I don't know how many, how much detail I can give out, but, uh, but it's, it's going to be fun and I'll be hunting plains deer and then uh, hopefully with the, with the decoys. And then uh, from there, Blake and I have uh, our, our film that we put together uh, this past winter that we're going to go, you know, we're still full steam ahead on that uh, Colorado deer in the plains uh, with the same tactics I've been using in, in Eastern Montana and, and Kansas over the years. And, and then uh, from there, we'll jump on the other side of the border and uh, Blake has a Kansas tag and I'm going to see if I can't put him on one of the bucks that, that I should be hunting, but I don't have a tag in Kansas and he'll uh, be the recipient of, of that luck. So hopefully, hopefully I have two good, two good bucks, maybe one white tail and uh, one, well, I, I'll shoot a big white tail or a mule deer in, in Colorado. It doesn't matter. My tag's good for either, but he's got to shoot a white tail. So, uh, and then, yeah, we'll, uh, I guess three of the next four hunts are filmed. And after never having filmed anything in the past and been running from it, basically like a scared little kid for <laughs> a decade and a half saying, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. I finally gave in and I'm doing that. So, well, now the door's open now. I think that I should get to come with you on some rock <laughs> hunts. Well, it's it, one of the reasons I, I said yes to all three, or, you know, well, basically Blake and I is one hunt just in two different States. And then the, the meteor thing, it's, it's all mule deer in the rut in the plains. And I've got that yeah. game dialed in and it's, it's so bulletproof. I think it's made for filming because with the decoys that we use, those bucks get silly, stupid, and it's just so much fun and it's full of opportunity. And it's just a matter of, you know, find the the buck that you want to want to shoot. So it's yeah, it's it's a ton of fun, and I th- I still uh, I'm still scared of having a cameraman in the mountains, but just because it'll show how slow a hiker I am. <laughs> yeah, I like hiking slow, man. I'm I'm a big slow I'm a sloth. <laughs> mm-hmm. I tell people I, I go slow. I find more animals that way. I yeah, taking my time to get to the top. I like it. I like it. So those uh those Kafaro game bags. What's your mm-hmm. uh, impressions of those after using some of the other ones? Well, they're not as light as the bomb, the tag bomb bags I was using. Um, they're a little bit heavier, but they're, I would say that, well, I've, I've used the black Obis. I've used the cheap throwaway ones and I've used uh, a caribou bags and I've used the bomb bags. The Kafara ones are, I think they are the toughest. Um, after watching Blake slide down that mountain on his butt and them not getting ripped, uh they, yeah they're 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 very very tough um they seem to breathe just fine and, and keep bugs out i mean uh the only downside would be just a little bit heavier but you're getting in return you're getting a lot of i think durability that you don't get with the super lightweight ones so yeah i think it's a i mean it's, they're the only ones i'm taking now so uh, nice i like them hell yeah yeah i was used uh i've used those argali bags a couple times this year so far and then i've used them like a couple other times on like ryan avery's hunt um some of those but yeah i've been getting getting along good with those ones um i've yet to try them but i i've heard good things so yeah yeah i think they're they're good bags um 
Man, any other noteworthy gear things that that really pop out this hmm. year so far? You know, I I I don't really I didn't have a whole lot of I had one big gear review set up with a couple of different items put together as a build that is getting pushed to next spring. Um, and that really wouldn't have got used uh, in my first couple hunts anyways, rifle hunt. But so that I, got, I didn't have a whole lot of new stuff this year. Um, I tried a few new things, but it wasn't really uh, for review. Mm-hmm. Uh, Las Sportiva sent me their new boots that have the uh, yellow toe and yellow heel. I mean, they're, they're really mm-hmm. kind of gaudy. And- tell, tell me all about it. Oh my God. So they're a little bit, they're a little less stiff. They're a lot less stiff than a cube. I would say they're, they're a lot, they're, they're right square in the middle between like the, the, the TRK or Trek, uh, the one I had a couple years ago that, that wore through on the side of it, uh, mm-hmm. on that Ibex hunt and the, and the cube They're but it's weird the way that they're, 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 they're engineered, they're, they're designed completely different than any other boot I've ever had. And they're almost like a, you slide your foot in it and it's almost like it feels like a neoprene boot sucking around your foot. Um, and it, 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 what do I say hunts, uh, stiffer, but it, it wears stiffer it, 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 than it, than it actually is. Like you, you, you put your foot in them and you kind of flex it and you're like, mm, it's not real. This is a, this is a mid-level like mountain boot. This is, this is going to be good for the plains. This is going to be good for foothills, for breaky areas. I don't know how much side hill I'm going to want to do at 13,000 feet. These, those boots way outperformed uh, for what I expected. Um, beside, and and, and then the, in the end, other than the gaudy yellow toe and heel on them and, and the, the, the horrible color scheme that Las Portiva picked out, <laughs> um, they're fantastic. I mean, literally, like, I killed both my bulls wearing them, and I wasn't just wearing them. I was rotating through the, the, the Lathrop and Sons, the – and them and my I had a new pair of cubes um because I had a mishap last year with my old ones and and uh oh I had the other boot that I that I reviewed this past spring uh oh, I feel like a jerk now I'm forgetting the name but I was wearing through all all four of those boots and it just happened to kill my bulls wearing the the new Las Portivas and I don't even know the model name of this if you just look at their lineup and you see the ones with the big yellow toes that's it and they're they're kind of hideous looking, but that boot, I felt like, I felt like I had a running shoe on, but there was plenty of stiffness. I mean, I was hunting elk up at 12,000 feet and running around very steep, you know, mountains in Colorado, with no problems. And it hunted stiffer than it feels. Um, and I don't have exceptionally, you know, stiff or uh, strong angles. Like mm-hmm. I'm kind of probably middle of the road on that, on that boat, but it, overall, I mean, I'm, you know, it's, it's a solid boot. Um, I'm pretty excited right now. I'm actually, I don't have them yet, but I'm going to be trying out the new Lathrop and Sons, uh, boot that they, you know, that lighter weight boot that they just came out with. I think it's called the encompass. Um, so I'll actually have that for my, my planes hunts. Um, so, but yeah, I didn't have a whole lot of other, other new gear this year, other than, than that. I was, uh, I was hoping to put a couple of things together, but they just kind of fell through at the last minute and, you know, things yeah. are what they are. Yeah, it happens, man. It happens. So that, uh, that La Sportiva boot, was it the equilibrium? Uh, I would have to look it up. Yeah. If yellow it, if yellow it looked, toe, red heel. Yeah. If it looks like yeah. something Ronald McDonald would have on in a, in a McDonald's commercial, that that's what it is. <laughs> that's dude. I think, it looks, 
it looks awesome though like it, it sounds awesome um i'm gonna have to i think i'm gonna do that i broke my cubes out this year and i've been i ran them things because i got those uh oh gosh now i'm gonna forget they're not scarpa whatever boots i used on my sheep hunt um green sleigh was yeah oh sleigh was yeah 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 the sleigh with the raven threes and uh mm-hmm. i about wore through the sides of those too like another mm. day in the rocks and i'm a little bit scared to know what would have happened so that happened that's move. what happened to my uh yeah i i had a pair do that in the rocks before i think i think for those super sharp rock areas i think that's a leather boot situation for me from here on out you know, I learned the same thing. I think I, I had my camera guy buy the crispy Brixtles and I wish that I would have taken those, you know, like the sleigh was still performed. And mm-hmm. I think for lower 48 stuff, it would have been okay for most lower 48 stuff, yep. but up there in like probably where you were at for Ibex, like it's all rocks. Like, I don't think you can understand that enough. Yep. Like it's all rock. There's no flat yep. grassy spots. Yeah. And you're constantly sticking your feet in area, like in between rocks to get traction. And then it, and that just, you just tear those things apart. The synthetic just, yeah, didn't hold up for me. Yeah. yeah. It just, it just rips. And, uh, I really wish it wouldn't cause I love yeah. synthetic boots, but anyways, yeah, I might try those ones that you tried this year. I just look, I just look at the site. You're right. It's the, uh, uh, a equilibrium light GTX. They have two of them. They have a top GTX, which is like a zipped up mountaineering model. But uh, I guess it's just the the toe is yellow and then the heels red. Yeah, they're they're not the most they're not the most attractive boot for hunting. Ever. Ronald but, McDonald boot. <laughs> I, I love that. I yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, Snyder gave it that. I can't I can't take credit for that. That came from him because I think that's Frank's great. running using those boots too. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds like something he would say for sure. Uh, they stopped making the cube. <laughs> Did you know that? Yeah, I did. That's why I got another pair last year, you know, last winter. Yeah, makes me sad. Yeah, no, that was that's probably my favorite synthetic boot of all time so far. Nice. Yeah, well, man, it's gonna yeah. be cool. It's gonna be cool seeing how the rest of the season unfolds for you. Um, looking forward to seeing those yeah. videos for sure. What do you got planned the rest of the? So I have. Uh, so I just got done with the Idaho, the general Idaho tag mm-hmm. killed a buck here, which is kind of cool. And pretty much everything yeah. from now on is like Nebraska guiding. Um, I do have a four Working. season Colorado bull tag. Lee and I both do. So we'll do that over Thanksgiving nice. and, and, uh, yeah. But other than that, yeah, we're going to knock out these last couple months and in, in Nebraska for whitetail and yeah see how see how things shake out i know there's been grumblings about uh blue tongue around so hopefully we don't get Mm. that yeah i uh yeah i remember that stuff when i used to hunt illinois and ohio all the time and boy it takes a couple years to come back from that yeah yeah so i'll have to be have to be a little bit careful if if that took a bunch of deer out but i think we'll be all right it'll uh It'll be, it'll be a good year. Yep. You guys always seem to kill a couple of great bucks and keep your customers happy. So I'm sure it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be awesome. 